Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the time you've given us this, this morning to look into your word and remind ourselves of this very important uh, uh, strength that we need when it comes to the unity you desire for us to have in our lives. We thank you that you do desire our unity, and you have given us everything we need to provide that unity in our hearts as among each other. I pray you just continue to give us strength and give us your guidance, give us your wisdom as we see this prayer for unity. We'll pray these things in your name. Amen. Of course, last week we saw our position in prayer was to be on our knees, humbled before our great God. We are in our eyes will be awed by His glory. Again, we're looking at things according to riches of His glory. And our hearts are to be rooted in the love of God. Uh, we saw, in, of course, even in, in Nehemiah, uh, the importance of those aspects of our life. So are you ready for the unity that God has for you? Are you ready to understand your position before God? Do you see yourself on your knees, humbled before our great God, and our eyes awed by His glory, and our hearts rooted and grounded in love? That's our position. That's what God has already granted us, if you know Christ as your personal Savior. Again, this prayer that Paul is writing, he's writing to believers. This is not a prayer to the unsaved. This is a prayer to you who know Christ as your personal Savior. And this is your position in Christ. You already have it. If you have Christ, you have these things. We need to continue to, to live them out, though, in our practical life. But with our position, we need something else to maintain the unity that God wants us to have. And we see not just our position, we now see that God's provision in His Word for our unity. Many of you understand right now, from watching the news or maybe going to the store, that we're having a national, national supply chain issue. Uh, there are empty shelves on stores that uh, you go to. Uh, even all this summer, I one time was looking for some spray paint and went to Walmart, and, and there was absolutely no spray paint in Walmart. This is, is everybody doing graffiti or something? I don't know what's happening. Uh, but there just wasn't anything in the stock. The shelves were almost bare. Uh, I remember going to Tractor Supply not too long ago, and I, I asked him, there's a certain item I wanted, and he goes, we can't get them. <laughs> there's no trucks that come up here and bring those things. We're having supply issues. We're seeing them nationwide. You look out in California bays, and uh, there are hundreds of ships lined up waiting to be un you know, unloaded. There's a problem. But I can assure you, I can tell you with great assurance, that God does not have a supply chain issue. Amen? What provisions, though, has he made? Well, first of all, we're going to see, two, we're going to see four of them, but two of them today. First of all, he's given us strength with power from God. Look at verse 16. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. See, God wants us to be strengthened with power. 
Again, Paul used these two words, strength and power. He brings them together and almost seems to, to give us a double whammy of his power. He gives us his strength through his power. Again, the Ephesians believers needed this. We need it too. And this influx of power will afford us to have the strength and the courage that we face in the ever-increasing problems we face in our society, in our own lives. Of course, we know it's true throughout Scripture. In Psalm chapter 105, verse 4, the psalmist wrote, Seek the Lord and His strength. Many times we, we look for our own strength. And Paul, or the psalmist, reminds us to look for His strength, not our own 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, Paul encouraged the Corinthians, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Of course, uh, it's interesting he says, act like men. I uh, hope that's not a problem here. Uh, we want to teach our men, our boys, to be like men. Uh, there are responsibilities that men need to take, take in their lives. Unfortunately, many men today are growing up thinking that game-playing is the most important aspect of growing up. Uh, we're not, you know, men don't play games. We do play games. I play games. But there's a responsibility that's more important than games. We need to act like men and be strong. God intends that for our lives. Ephesians, we go back to even the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, talking about the armor that God has given to us. What does Paul say? Be strong in the Lord, in the strength of His might. We sang that song uh, today, Be Strong in the Lord. It comes from this verse. Uh, I was at a conference yesterday with uh, Dr. Herbster. He's, the, of course, the father of uh, Matt and Mike and Mike, and, um, Mike, Mark and Mike, you know, the M's. Uh, and one of their very first CDs they produced in song was this song called Strong in the Lord. And he mentioned that, one of his favorite songs. We can be strong in the Lord. But the question is, where do we find this strength? Where do we go and get it? What reservoir is out there for us to go to to find this strength? Well, the Scripture tells us, first of all, the source. The source is according to the riches of His glory that He may grant you to be strengthened with power. And what is this riches of, as we talked about a little bit last week? It's the riches of His glory. Talk about His glory. Our, we look, see Him in His awesomeness, awesomeness as He is. But we also know there's the riches of His glory. This is the unlimited, matchless majesty of God. God reveals Himself in the sum and substance of His majesty. And it's a resource, a vast resource of what we need. You know, I love the hymn, Oh, the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. We will be singing it later. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as a mighty ocean in its fullness over me. When we forget to go to the right source for the strength that we need, we'll lose the benefit of His strength. I know that many of us, you are men and women of action. Uh, you are not lazy people. I know that you, how you work hard day after day, week after week. And sometimes when hardworking people, you know, we, we just don't have time to just to spend, you know, hours meditating on, on the majesty of God. I, I have other things to do. And we sometimes neglect to think about how wonderful our God is and spending time in, in just in meditating on who our God is and how great He is. We tend to well, when I have time, I'll, I'll, I'll go there. But I don't have time now. I've got things to do. 
we have to understand that sometimes we need to stop and take time to think about these things. You realize that God's way is the right way. And when he tells us to meditate upon him and his word, that is the way that we receive the strength that we need. If we neglect looking at him and his word, you may not receive the strength that you need. He is the source. He is the one that has the riches of his glory. He is the one who provides every blessing. But how do we get this? If we know that we, there's a source where all of this strength comes from, where do we get it? How do we get it? Well, we get it through the Spirit. We, there's a, a support mechanism God has given us through His Spirit. And this gift of strength comes from the Spirit of God. He is the conduit or the channel, the power that comes to the believers in the New Testament. He is the agent of power. He's the one who brings it to us. And that's why I know he's talking to believers here, because only believers have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is there in our hearts, he is the one to whom we turn to receive the strength we need. You know, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive power. When? Well, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And what will that power give you the ability to do? Well, you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and into the earth. Now, it's one other hymn I know. It says, Let us, I, I know not how the Spirit moves, convincing men of sin, revealing Jesus through His Word, creating faith in Him. How do we get faith in God? How can we get that strength that faith brings? Through the Holy Spirit He's given to us in His life. It's miraculous. It's mysterious. See, the Holy Spirit is a guarantee of our inheritance. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 14 says, We were sealed with the promise Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Again, without the support of the Holy Spirit, we'll be distracted. Sometimes we'll be depressed, not strengthened. See, we have to understand that we are weak in our own understanding, in our own strength. It's through the Holy Spirit we are granted power to be unified in the Christian faith. He is the source and the support we need for our unity, our strength. But where will the Holy Spirit deposit this strength? Well, we have not only the source and the support, we have the setting. It's going to be in our inner being. You know, this power and strength is not some new outward muscle power. Uh, where we can say, I'm going to attack the devil, I'm going to beat him up. You know, we, we like to have that kind of strength, wouldn't we? We uh, would love to you know, take on the enemies, you know, maybe the, you know, the political enemies we have, you know, and, and devour them and defeat them. Uh, we need strength you know, to do that. And we, we, we tend to look at strength as being something that we do outwardly. It's just the muscles that we have. Now, it is true that if you are a weightlifter or if you do any kind of exercising, you know, that they talk about the core. You've got you know, you to develop the core. You know, it's the abdominal and the abs, and you've got to have these core muscles. That's, that's why golfers today can hit balls 300 yards because they have that strength in the core. Well, we don't need strength in our physical core, but we need to strengthen our inner core. It's our inner man. You know, I'm thankful for you know, vaccines and drugs that we have today to help us and the many viruses that are around us. 
But, you know, you can have, you know, hopefully, if you do take the vaccine, you'll get some antibodies. And those antibodies will help you resist any, any, any bugs that may show up around your body. But we've discovered recently that some of these vaccines, they kind of lose their power after a while. They're not as effective as they used to be. But, you know, we know that people who have had certain diseases, if you have the disease, you not only may have developed antibodies, but you get what we call these killer T-cells. T cells. If you have killer T-cells from the fact you've had a certain disease, whether it's COVID or anything else, uh, you may even get the disease even though you have the antibodies. But the T-cells will then come and attack it and defeat that in your body so that you will have, you know, won't be sick as, you, as someone else might have. And that's, that's something we get from the inner. We don't, it's not a shot that you get to, to get the T-cells. It's something that develops internally to protect you from the disease. Well, we have in our spiritual life an inner being that can be strengthened against the, the, the temptations of this world, whether temptations of depression or just laziness, disbelief. We have an inner being that is the epicenter of everything we are. And that's where the Holy Spirit resides. And when we energize Him and He renews us day by day, we can have the strength we need on the inside to protect ourselves from the, the outside influences that may encumber us in our life. You know, just um, our physical nature is certainly declining. And I, I've noticed in my own physical life, you know, I'm getting old. My hair is grayer than it used to be when I came here. Uh, I still enjoy doing hard work, but it's not as easy as it used to be. I had to try to keep up with Steve on Thursday. We were up at the Doug's house trying to you know, mix uh, cement for him. We probably loaded, what, 60 or 70 wheelbarrows of cement, and I'm trying to keep up with Steve. He's picking cement, I'm, I'm trucking it away. And, and I noticed you know, uh, the back you know, and the legs, and you know, uh, they were just, just weren't hanging in there like I hoped they would have been. Uh, we're getting older. Our bodies are wearing away. But our inner being can be continually strengthened. You know, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, you know, we don't lose heart. We don't lose heart. Why not? Well, though our outer self is wasting away. You noticed that recently? <laughs> our outer self is kind of wasting away. But the inner self is being renewed day by day. On the outward level, we're decaying and there's death. But inwardly, you realize you can get younger and younger and younger and stronger and stronger in your inner being. You can continually to gain the strength the Holy Spirit gives you because God wants to provide you with strength through the Holy Spirit in your inner being so you are protected inwardly from the outward problems we have in life. We're so thankful for the Holy Spirit. But how does the Holy Spirit work? Well, the Holy Spirit works through His Word. The Holy Spirit works through prayer. The Holy Spirit works through fellowship we have with one another. There are some people who think, well, I, I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to move me to, to get into the Bible. I really don't enjoy the Bible so much, and I don't pray as much as I should, and I don't really enjoy fellowship with other believers. Um, so I'm, I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to move me so that I'll, that I'll, 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 just, that I'll feel like I really ought to do these things. That's looking at it backwards. God says, get into my word. And that's when the Holy Spirit will work. Pray. That's how the Holy Spirit communicates with you. 
Have fellowship with other believers. Rub shoulders with good people. You know, iron sharpens iron. Spend time with other believers. That will give the Holy Spirit the ability to strengthen you. You're not going to be strengthened from some, from some moving of the Holy Spirit. You're going to be strengthened as you spend time in God's Word and prayer and fellowship. So get busy. Spend time in God's Word. Enjoy the fellowship He wants to have with you. Spend time praying. Strength will come. You know, we realize that we are weak. And we need power instead of our own. We realize we can receive the power that God supplies. We need strength to live in this godless world. Sometimes it's like swimming in, maybe in a dark, deep ocean. Do you feel like you're surrounded by evil around you? Uh, you know, if you were to go down in the ocean, about 8,400 feet, which is impossible for you to go into without some kind of submergible uh, that's built for that kind of pressure. Because you go down 8,400 feet in the ocean, and the, the water pressure is 3,600 pounds per square inch. You know, uh, you won't survive down there. Well, there once was a, a, a submarine called the Thresher, one of our first ever nuclear submarines. And in 1963, it lost its engine power, and so it sank. And 129 men lost their lives. And they only found that submarine because they took a submersible down that was built for that kind of pressure. And they found the submarine lying on the bottom of the ocean, smashed like a, like a chicken egg from the pressure of that water. But what was interesting is that around that ship were all kinds of fish. How in the world? Of course, we know back in 1960 there wasn't a whole lot of oceanic exploration, and they were, they were just shocked down in this water pressure with six, 3,600 pounds per square inch. There were fish swimming around. How did they do that? Well, they discovered that because they have a certain amount of pressure on the inside, they're able to resist the pressure from the outside. They have inner strength to withstand the, the pressure of the water at that depth. Well, spiritually speaking, we can utilize God's power within and because it's equal or greater than the power that is without. In fact, we know it is greater. 1 John 4, 4 tells us this, that, that he who is in you is what? Greater than he who is in the world. Do you have that inner strength? So when temptations come and when depression shows up, when doubts appear in your heart, do you have the inner strength to defeat those things? You can have it through the Holy Spirit who works in your heart. So we are to receive the strength, the power from God to build a unity that God desires. But there's another provision. And that provision that we have besides strength is it gives us a purpose for the strength we have. We are to be stabilized with faith from Christ. Look at verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. We know that faith is an important component. James chapter 1, verse 5 tells us that if we don't have faith, we're like a, you know, like a wave of the sea being tossed. There's no stability. Have you ever been on a boat in the ocean when the swells are three to four or five feet high? If you've ever been in the ocean with those kind of swells and you didn't get seasick, I'm, 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 you got something to be talk about. I, I've been in the ocean uh, in Chesapeake Bay and with two or three feet swells, and I, I felt like I was going to drown because the, the ship was moving so quickly. I was in a little small boat one time, and a little storm came up, and we were, you know, it was, it was, I was afraid we weren't going to get back. That was only two or three feet of waves. Imagine being in an ocean where the waves are 20 and 30 feet. 
I can't imagine what that would feel like. The, the unstableness and the, the lack of stability. Well, that's what a person without faith would feel. That's why God wants to be stabilized in the faith of Christ. You know, at, at first glance, you might think this is kind of odd. Why is he telling us that we need to you know, have Jesus dwell in our hearts? Isn't he already there if we are a son of God? Well, of course he is. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16, Know ye not that you're, you are the temple of God. You're God's temple, and that God's Spirit dwells in you. If you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, if you repented of your sins and trusted Him to be your only Savior from sin, the Holy Spirit's dwelling there. Christ is dwelling there. God is dwelling there. We are this temple. So he's not talking to, to unbelievers and asking them to, you know, to get Christ in your heart. He's already there. So what does he mean? I believe he's referring to the, the progressing of our life in the Christ-likeness that he wants us to have. He wants us to be more like Christ every day. And that happens through the work of the Holy Spirit. So first of all, we see the stability of abiding with Christ so that you may dwell in your heart. That word dwell is a very important word. Literally, Christ is saying he wants to settle down and be at home in your heart. See, the key is that Paul's referring not to an initial dwelling, but to a continued Christian life. His prayer here is not that each of us might experience more and more of his indwelling presence and that increasing power that comes from being a part of his spirit. Some of, us, you, some of you may have a cabin or a cottage. Uh, you own, maybe, or you rent. And you like to go there to, for recreation. It kind of takes you away from the home and the house and... and but it's not a place where your mail shows up. You have to go back to your real residence to get your mail. You may go out for a while and stay there, enjoy some recreation. Uh, but it's not your home. It's just a place to go. But this word refers to something that is a possession or a home that you live in. Uh, you can lease or rent an apartment. But even those of you who live in a maybe rented or leased apartment, uh, you're allowed to do certain things, but there are things that you cannot do. You may be evicted for those things. Uh, you can't redecorate or repaint without permission from the owner. There's a difference between living in a house and living in a home. Now imagine for a moment, you invited someone to your house. Maybe you invited me to come to your house. And you say to me, Pastor Angel, make yourself at home. You ever said that to somebody? Did you expect them to do it? I hope not. Imagine you invite me to your house. You say, Pastor, just you know, make yourself at home. And you leave to go maybe do some errands, and, and you come back, and you find out that I've repainted your home. I've, uh, I've gone um, through all your closets, and I've rearranged all of your clothes. I've gone into all your dresser drawers, and I have rearranged everything in there. And, I, and you might notice that the burn pile, there is a pile of things that I didn't think you needed to have anymore. And so I put them in your burn pile. And you're like, I, I, um, I told you to make yourself at home, but, but not like that. Is that the way you feel about Christ, though? It's okay for him to be a temporary guest in your house, and to have supper with you, to encourage you, and then Goodbye. Now I can have my house back. Or do you really want Christ to come and dwell in your heart? Are you, would you happy if he rearranged some of your rooms in your heart? Would you be happy if he took some of the 
the priorities of your life and rearranged them? Would you be happy if he took some of those things that you saw as treasures in your heart and he, and he took them out and said, you don't need these anymore? Would you be annoyed at him? Would you be upset? Or would you submit to his changes and admit that those changes are best for you? See, Christ does not just want to visit your heart. He wants to dwell in your heart. You know, we should want him to live there, shouldn't we? We should want Christ to live in our heart and make it his home. We should not only make our heart his home, we should make our heart his throne, where he rules and reigns everything we do in our inner life. You know, we don't like people prying into our inner life. But would you know that Christ would love to dwell in your heart by faith? So how do we get this attitude? How can we get the attitude we should have that we will allow Christ to take possession of our heart? Well, we do it through the Spirit. Remember that phrase there? It says, so that. talks about the Holy Spirit being part of our life. So that Christ may dwell in your heart. If we're going to let, the Holy, let Christ dwell in our hearts, it's because we have allowed the Holy Spirit to control us. We walk in the Spirit. We live in the Holy Spirit. And we allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. He strengthens us so that we would accept the changes that Jesus would make in our hearts. And if we want to be stable in our Christian life, we can't treat Jesus Christ or God as some temporary renter of our hearts. Let him dwell in your hearts as the king on the throne of your heart. That kind of stability, of course, comes because we have faith, the stability of belief in Christ. Again, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Faith is the key. Remember, as, as, a, as a kid, I learned a little song about faith, and it goes like this. Faith is just believing what God said he will do. He will never fail us. His word is always true. I remember singing that song and teaching that song to many kids, and it's true. Faith is just believing what God said He will do. God says He will love us. God says He will protect us. God says He will supply for us. God says He will dwell with us. And by faith, I just accept what He says, that He's there. And I want Him to continue to dwell. See, an increasing faith in God leads to a deeper and greater eternal power if we're not having the strength that we need to provide the strength for temptations that come in our life, whatever place we may live, maybe it's because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit. We're not believing that He will do what He says He will do. We need to, by faith, make Christ tell Him to make Himself at home. And if you do, there'll be greater boldness and confidence as you approach Him. Because Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12 tells us, in whom we have, talking about Christ, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. And the idea of that verse is saying that through faith, we have access to God. Wow, that, that makes you strong, doesn't it? That I have access by faith through prayer in His Word and fellowship with others to the very throne room of God, the power source of the universe. See, Paul knew that faith was what would stabilize a believer in his character. And that godly character then would promote the unity that they needed. So what is your foundation? What are you building your strength upon? Is it 
your own, or are you having strength from Christ, the Holy Spirit? You may have heard of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It's a bell tower. It's a cathedral of an Italian city in Pisa built in Italy, 12th century. And uh, they noticed uh, after a couple hundred years of that tower being there, it just slowly began to lean toward the south. Until uh, in the 1800s, they realized it was a four-degree shift. Uh, the, the top was about 17 feet away from the, you know, the, where the bottom was to the south. It was already tilted that much. And then in 1980, they real, it was actually a five-degree shift. And so they, they needed to do something to, to support this building before it would collapse because there were other buildings in town that had collapsed due to their leaning as well. Of course, uh, the people in Pisa wanted to keep their tower leaning because it brought tourists in to see the leaning tower. But they had to do something to stabilize it. So for 12 years, beginning in uh, 1980s, about 1984 or 66, they spent 12 years resurrecting this building. Finally, in December 2001, they reopened it. After spending $25 million, they removed over 110 tons of sand from underneath the building and replaced it with uh, dirt that would not shift as much. They were able with ropes to kind of pull the building back about 12 inches from where it was, keep it in a lean, but keeping it in a lean that they could sustain and keep the building there. Now, what was the problem? Was it bad design? Was it poor workmanship? Was it inferior grade of marble? No. The problem what was underneath, the sandy soil of the city, caused this problem. Again, this tower really had no firm foundation. So the question is, what is your foundation like? Are you standing firm on the foundation of God's love and His eternal faithfulness? See, God wants us to be a man or a woman of faith that, that stands on the stable truths of God's Word in an ever unstable world. And we get it, that unity and that strength through the Holy Spirit as we in the inner man. And as we give ourselves to allow Christ to dwell in our hearts through faith. First of all, I hope he's dwelling there because you know Christ is your personal Savior. But I also hope that he's dwelling there in a way that you don't restrict him from what he wants you to do in your heart. Are you really letting Christ dwell in your hearts? You'll not see the strength you need until you do. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit who works in our hearts to strengthen us. We don't understand the, the depth of what that really means. and We'll never really figure it out completely until we're with you in glory. But help us to see, just for a moment, the strength that you're willing to provide for us and the stability you want us to have in our lives as we allow you to uh, dwell in our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to check our attitudes at the door and help us to allow you to have the, the reign and rule of our hearts where we give you the freedom to change what is there. We give you the freedom to take out what is not necessary so that our hearts can truly follow you with all of our heart and soul. Help us to submit to your loving design for our hearts, even in our innermost being. We'll pray these things in your name. Amen.